You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. On today's episode of the show, we're going to gather around the virtual water cooler and talk about what we've been up to. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film staff writer Ryan Scott. Hey, everyone. How's it going? All right, Ryan, let's get right into it. Just uh, We haven't really been doing much or reading much. Let's talk a little bit about what we've been watching. Uh, I watched couple things recently i saw this movie called causeway which is uh, now out on apple tv plus it's the new movie that stars jennifer lawrence and brian tyree henry um, she plays a u.s soldier who experiences this um, traumatic brain injury and basically like loses um like temporarily loses the ability uh, her like uh, motor fine motor skills and things like that um during a, a tour in afghanistan and she comes back to her uh, hometown in louisiana and uh, has to grapple with you know the past that she left behind and the the relationships and and family uh, challenges and struggles that she left behind there. And she meets up with Brian Tyree Henry's character, who plays this mechanic in this town, and they strike up a friendship. And um, it's a really it's the kind of movie Ryan that reminds me of like stuff that would have been completely run of the mill. Like um, you expect this as a moviegoer to see movies like this in theaters in. 1994 or something with just like two powerhouse performers doing really, really solid work. It's a solid movie. Um, and it's the kind of thing that's just like relegated to streaming now. And I'm, I'm thankful that these movies are still getting made and they still exist. Um, but it's, it's just, 
it's it's watching this it really felt like a throwback to the type of thing that um that you don't really see in movie theaters too often so yeah yeah and it feels like apple tv plus has been making a lot of those movies but what bums me out is like they're making a lot of movies i would totally watch but i'm not fucking subscribing to another streaming service yeah like i'm missing all of these movies like i didn't see finch which looked really good um i didn't see what was the other one that looked but yeah i keep missing these like i only saw coda last year because they did put it in theaters after it won the oscar and it ended Mm -hmm. up being my favorite movie last year so it's kind of it's a it's a real shame but yeah because causeway looked good to me like in in exactly the way that you're describing yeah yeah it's enjoyable if you're like um nostalgic for that period of uh of movie making and those types of movies i think this will definitely scratch that itch so it's called causeway it's on apple tv plus right now um, the only other thing that I watched recently that I thought was worth talking about was uh, I watched this movie called A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, which is based on um, the, uh, I guess, book. The, is it a novel? I'm not. Yeah, the the 1889 novel by Mark Twain. Um, I never read this uh, book in school or anything, but I'm familiar enough with this story because it was the basis for um, A Kid in King Arthur's Court, which was a, a baseball That was going to be my question. Yeah, that was the, <laughs> what was that? Wasn't that Fred Savage? Or it was um, Thomas Ian Nicholas, I think. Thomas Ian name. Nicholas, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the same guy who starred in Rookie of the Year. There was that whole spate of, uh, of baseball movies in like the mid 90s. And he was like right front and center in that. But um, A Kid in King Arthur's Court is a really interesting movie because it stars a young uh, Daniel Craig and a young Kate Winslet, like before they were big deals and they have supporting roles. So it's really just kind of a trip to watch them uh, sort of on the sidelines of this bizarre movie. But the the basic um, premise of this story, whether in this version, this this musical version starring Bing Crosby that I watched from 1949 or the, <laughs> uh, the, um, the kid version with Thomas C. and Nichols, Nicholas, excuse me, is... Uh, a kid or a, a grown ass man in Bing Crosby's case, uh, basically time travels back to King Arthur's court and um, uses his like knowledge of the modern day to sort of wow the, the uh, you know, uh, people of Camelot and and sort of ingratiate himself in with King Arthur and become friends with them. And, and there's like a, a whole romance subplot that plays out as well. Um, this movie was, you know, I thought it was going to be like ultra cheesy and it was, but it was also pretty enjoyable. Um, and I'm not sure how much of that has to do with like, I'm so familiar with this story from watching a kid in King Arthur's court a million times growing up. Um, but I, I think, you know, Bing Crosby, like, <laughs> that it just it takes you to an entirely different era of of movie making when guys like him you know these like song and dance men were and, and there's you know he was like not a super tall guy he was definitely not jacked i mean it was like the the entire feel of what a movie star was um was so so different back then it was just, it's just such uh, a di- such a different thing like when you look at like he was like the a-list guy of his day yeah and what that meant at that time versus like what that means right now it's so crazy yeah it was great so i i had a lot of fun with this i think it's um like i said cheesy but uh but really like in in an endearing way so can i ask what yeah. was the mode of time travel because that because like time <laughs> time travel movies are among like some of my favorite things but i always get like sort of fascinated with like the mode of time travel especially yeah. in like a 40s music movie so how did that work yeah he is riding a horse in a storm and um i think he's thrown <laughs> from the horse and hits his head on a tree or something and then just wakes up in, in medieval times basically so uh yeah very simple very quick and like he's already back in time you know like i want to say like 10 minutes into the movie or something they do not beat around the bush at all i, and I feel miss like 
I missed that because I was watching some of the old Universal Monsters movies last year and just they don't waste a single second. They're like, forget it. Let's just go. You know, that's why you could have a movie be 70 minutes long because they just (laughs) didn't waste any time. Yes, exactly right. Um, So I'll I'll look up and see if I can find before we stop recording uh, if this movie is streaming anywhere, this version of the movie. Um, But Ryan, why don't you tell me what you've been watching? Uh, like a lot of people, but perhaps not enough people, uh, I have been watching Andor, uh, which has not that like, I totally fell out of love with Star Wars, but like the TV stuff was making me a little jaded because I really didn't like Boba Fett and I had been looking forward to a Boba Fett solo thing for literally my entire life. So that Mm -hmm. was just like the trajectory of disappointment there was, was huge. And then, and then Obi-Wan Kenobi, I mean, I say this stuff a lot, but if there is one thing that I've said, that was a TV show that should have been a movie, it was Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so yeah. like, I was feeling really, you know, whatever. And, 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 or like, I was looking forward to it, but it just didn't strike me as something that I was like thrilled about. And it is, it is at least as good, if not better than everyone is saying it is seriously, can't believe how good it is and and just week to week like it's one of those things where every single week i'm like this can't possibly get better and then last week's episode um as of this recording uh one way out instantly maybe one of my favorite episodes of television of all time and i watched it twice in that day like i just couldn't get enough of it and yeah so andor is is i mean we got to see how they stick the landing on the first season but i'm prepared to call it one of the best star wars things ever at this point yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I'm I'm loving it so much. We obviously we do like the big uh, deep dive um, week to week episodes, but you and I are not on those. And uh, so I'm glad that you have like a um, a, a forum uh, to uh, to sing the praises of the show because I did the same thing when I caught up with it, you know, whatever last week or something like that, and and was just really praising it to high heaven. And I think it's it's totally deserving of that praise because it's really doing some incredible stuff. So, well, um, especially like the end of <clears throat> the end of the ninth episode. When Andy Serkis's character, Kino Loy, has that turn when yes. he realizes none of them are getting out of there. And the way that episode ends, like someone on Twitter brilliantly edited it. There's that old video of like everyone at Buffalo Wild Wings watching that football game and going oh, yeah. nuts. And like someone <laughs> edited the end of that episode onto the screen in that Buffalo Wild Wings. And then when Andy Serkis delivers his final line, like everyone erupts and it was like, <laughs> and it was like the perfect thing. Cause I was like, yes, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So it, I, I mean, if you are a star Wars fan, if you felt a little jaded, if you, if you don't follow star Wars religiously, if you just like good TV, if you've never seen a star Wars thing, I cannot think of a single reason not to watch Andor before the show came out. They pitched it as like, we want to believe this could be people's first star Wars thing. And I just thought that was lip service truthfully you could watch this show and not know a thing about star wars and it could be your entry point um it, yeah it, I, I have nothing but like glowing things to say about it yeah very rare in the uh the modern um you know interconnected landscape for a thing to truly stand on its own as much as this does and, and feel um secure in that without having to um you know nod and wink uh every 10 seconds to something so um, nope, but yeah. it does enrich the universe too. Like that's the thing is like in a way, not so much with winks and nods, but like in profoundly important ways, like the way that it shapes the empire in a way that, you know, you almost forget. Like I was scared of a TIE fighter maybe for the first time ever, you know, yeah. like, and it was just, and, and yeah, there's just all kinds of stuff that is just so, 
and and central performances too. I think what Kyle Soler's doing with Cyril Karn is like one of the most surprising turns of a character in a show I've seen in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you just don't really expect where that's going by around the third episode, and then he just becomes like a Star Wars incel, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I again, I I could drone on about it, but I'm I'm just happy people are liking it, and I hope enough people catch on to it to to convince Lucasfilm that maybe. Uh, to steal a, a adage from the Mandalorian that this is the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've also been catching up with some NFL football, I see. That's all I do this time of year. Uh, like my my girlfriend hates it. Uh, not to be the typical couple here, but yeah, like I Sundays all I do like I wake up, I I get some breakfast, I maybe work out, and then like I sit down for something like nine hours and watch football. <laughs> like that's that's my whole day because I'm one of those annoying people. I don't have a team, so I just love the sport. So I will just watch anything I can watch. And, uh, and, and for anyone who does like football, uh, last Sunday, we were all gifted with, um, the best game of the season so far between the Vikings and the bills, which was, uh, some of the most enthralling, anything you could hope to watch on a television set, like the fourth quarter of that game. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it's been a weird season, but that was pretty good stuff. Do you um, have a, a fantasy team or do you just like float between games and just watch it just for the, the love of the game? I watch it for the love of the game. I did fantasy for a little bit and I just didn't like the way that it made me watch the game because I was just, I wasn't watching the game for the sake of the game. I was watching games for what a individual player would do or hoping for weird things to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I like the, the way I've always jokingly said is that I, I love the TV show that is the NFL. Like yeah. I love the drama of it. I love the storylines of it. I love, so for me, fantasy football sort of gets in the way of that and and i did it a few times but it, it really is just something i enjoy to watch and and i even though i don't like wrestling i've always likened it to i think i like football the way people like wrestling i yeah. think that's sort of a, a, a weird comparison that i've always drawn but um i mean i was literally born during a monday night football game like my mom had <laughs> monday night football on so I was, I mean, you talk about like indoctrination, like those are the two things. My mom loved Star Wars and like that happened fast. And like I would, football was from the second I was born. So those are yeah. kind of the two. <laughs> the, the, I, the, I almost had no choice in the matter with those things. That's great. Uh, okay, what else have you been watching? Uh, so, so I saw this a little bit ago, but I want to talk about it just because it's coming out on Friday and with Black Panther out, it. I worry it's going to get buried a bit, but um, the menu, which is the m- new movie with uh, Ray Fiennes and and uh, Anya Taylor Joy, uh, it, the trailer's been playing for a long time because I think this one got delayed at one point. But um, it's essentially the one where the 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 rich people go to the the secluded island to go have a fancy dinner that Ray Fiennes, this A-list chef, cooks, and uh, things go south. The trailers have been very sort of clear that they're hiding a lot. They want to keep the surprises intact. But um, having seen it at Fantastic Fest uh, back in September, uh, it is so good. Um, it, it really I was I didn't know how I was going to land on it. And it's one of those movies that it's very good and it very much delivers thrills. It's surprising. It's fun. It's funny. It's scary. But but the ending when when a movie just sticks an ending so hard where you're like, yes, you just landed the plane like better than you thought you could land a plane that was the menu for me like the ending is what sold that movie so like in the way i don't know did you you saw whiplash ben from 2014 the the jazz drummer movie the ending of whiplash is super duper satisfying and i feel like the menu is is in the same vein of that of just like (sighs) 
Wow. Where, where I know, I know that's a bold statement, but where like, <laughs> I'm not saying the movie is necessarily as good, but in the way that thematically the ending of the menu sort of works is sort of comparable to the way that that ending of whiplash works so well. So I, I don't want to oversell it too much, but for me, the ending really makes that movie worth seeing. So. I mean, Ryan, I got to tell you, like, I'm I, I've been excited for this movie ever since I saw the trailer, because I, I just think that the concept is interesting. Um, but the one thing that I've been worried about is the ending. Like the premise is so great. And most a, a lot of times movies with great premises um, struggle to stick that landing. And and I never would have thought to ask anybody about it. But I'm really glad that you offered that up uh, as a. Uh, a thing that connected with you because I think that's that sort of like puts any remaining doubt that I had out of my mind, which was not very much because I was like I said I was excited about the movie anyway. But I'm I'm really thrilled to hear that it it ends well and uh, even if it's not like yeah on on a whiplash level, just that that comparison alone has me excited for it. So yeah, and um, again, I don't necessarily want to say that it's like it's as good as Whiplash because like Whiplash is probably a perfect movie i don't really know <laughs> kind of yeah. but 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 the, but like again thematically because i'm with you a lot of times you'll get like a great premise and, and even like a lot of superhero movies do that where like the premise is cool and then it kind of doesn't really but no this this one really follows through like it, it it doesn't lag there's a couple of really good decisions that are made like from a writing perspective that keep it interesting um, and even like I, I had got the chance to talk to a director, uh, Mark Mylod and, uh, and the producer at Fantastic Fest. And one of the things they were talking about is the script was going around Hollywood so much because like they got a really good cast for this movie. And I asked them like how that happened. And they were like, well, the thing is, like, it was such a good script that like people, you know, the talent was like beating down doors to get in the movie because it the, like it was all on the page. So like yeah. they had, it wasn't one of those things where they had to massage the script. They had to kind of like, it was all on the page from the jump. So everyone kind of got on board on the strength of that script, which is awesome. always good to hear. So, but yeah, so I, I just really want this movie to do well. Searchlight has, and, and 20th century studios have been doing great in the genre space with like ready or not barbarian prey, no exit. Like, so this is kind of another example of, of the 20th century house sort of doing some good genre work and i really want this movie to find its audience so i implore you if you're looking for something to watch this weekend that isn't superhero related this is a damn good choice okay so speaking of superheroes the last thing you want to talk about is black panther wakanda forever yeah you know i i i we we usually exchange show notes before before a show and i just like it was like okay that was the last thing i saw in theaters and i hadn't really prepared to talk about it but i guess <laughs> i should yeah I, I saw black did you see it yet ben i did and yesterday peter and i did like a big spoiler episode so i don't want to like run through like rehash that entire thing but i'm right, glad to right. talk to you about it oh uh, yeah no because i i all i'll say i'll say i guess i'll make a slightly bigger point uh, to, is that uh i love superhero stuff and i have most of my life and particularly i'm a marvel guy and i pretty much always have been uh phase four of the mcu has disappointed me so greatly uh like like from like top to bottom it, it's it's so much between the shows and the movies and so much of it was just woefully average to me mm -hmm. that it just wore me out and uh black panther wakanda forever i'm almost like afraid to say how like like i, I it's fine but it's like it almost feels like like deeply unfortunate to say that something like that is just fine. But, but yeah, it's a little way too long for my taste and it just couldn't live up to, to yeah. what I like in my head. I, especially to be the final phase four film. Yeah. 
Um, you know, but I mean, there's a lot of what's frustrating about it is there's a lot of just excellent stuff in it. Um, like just such excellent stuff. Like Angela Bassett has never been better. And, and that's saying something. And, and, uh, Namor is so good. And a lot of the action set pieces look great. The Chadwick Boseman emotion of it all works really well, but it's, it's an overly loaded movie. And, and yeah, it just kind of ended phase four on a whimper for me. So, you know, yeah, unfortunately I agree with you. I think that was the thing that, that Peter and I came away from yesterday. Our conversation was just feeling like it was, you know, it just had way too much to do. It had way too much, like un, unfairly, it had far too much on its shoulders. It was trying to do way too much. And um, it's no fault of the movie that this movie entered, had to go under such stupidly terrible circumstances. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's be clear. This is not the movie they would have made provided the choice to not make this movie. You yeah. know, they, they would have done something very different. And um, I think the way that Ryan Coogler handled the stuff they had to handle was as good as anyone could have handled it. But mm -hmm. the problem is then having to make everything else around that. I felt like the Ironheart stuff felt almost forced in. Um, I wrote a little thing about it, so I don't want to say too much about it, but it may or may not have done a lot of work to set up the Thunderbolts movie. And as thrilled as I was that they were making a Thunderbolts movie, I think the air has already been taken out of that balloon for me. Like, yeah. so I don't know. I'm kind of there's there's a lot for me that I was like, oh, you know, but but uh, but yeah. yeah, the stuff that works really works, you know, uh, you know, yeah, man, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at phase four right now. So you got Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. That, that's a rough stretch of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. For of, me, like for you me, said, yeah. Yep. There are two movies in there that I absolutely love, one that I really like, and four that various degrees of disappointment. Uh so you know that that's where I'm at. And uh yeah. mm -hmm. uh and and although I will say the one thing I will say just before we end off here, uh just so you know, don't go guessing, I'll let you know. No way home and eternals are the two that I love. And it's weird. The other the other weird thing for me is that the one movie that I really loved unexpectedly, everyone else seemed to kind of be mixed or hate. So it's weird <laughs> to me that like I loved Eternals and then everyone else is like Eternals sucks. So I'm probably not getting much more Eternals stuff. And that's kind of a bummer, like as well. So, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. You know, early on in it, when Eternals came out in uh, phase four, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like thrilled with this movie. I don't love the, um, you know, the generic uh, angry alien dog villains or whatever. Um, but like after the totality of phase four has been released now and, and come out, Eternals is looking much, much better in hindsight to me <laughs> than it did in the moment. So um, I guess that's that's something. But uh, I, I think for me, I, I wasn't super big on the deviance, but like I think by the end of it, when you realize like Arisham is kind of the bigger villain mm -hmm. and the, you know, and some of that stuff and like it sort of comes around to working a lot better for me in the end. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Phase four of the MCU, big, big fat bummer. Uh, and yeah. Uh, but, you know, here's to better things on the horizon. Indeed, indeed. All right, that's a good place to end it. Uh, I just wanted to mention that you can stream a Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court on Tubi for free with ads right now. And you can also watch A Kid in King Arthur's Court on Disney Plus if you want to check that out. Um, okay, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of the show. You can find more about a lot of the stuff that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com. 
Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please subscribe to our newsletter, send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of works cordless power tools and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save